This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely true. All right, we're going to get on to our next question. Annalise, thank you so much for sending that in from Fremont, California. All right, now we go to Frank Deftari. Deftari. Deftari, excuse me. Frank Deftari. Sorry, Frank, I'm getting your messages. I'm reading these right off the computer here. All right, Mo, so there you go. What could be the reasoning or what are you seeing when you watch the game tape around the Raiders and the end of these first halves. Some of it's clock management, but what else? Is he right? Is Frank right that they're just not being aggressive enough? I think possibly. I think you can make that argument in, in some situations. Uh, when you're Look at it this way. When you're up two scores or multiple scores at the end of a half, sometimes you're just content with just going to the locker room because you don't want to make a mistake and give the team back the ball. The problem is when you're too complacent and you're too conservative, Sometimes you wind up giving the other team back the football. Now, what happened with the Chiefs is a little bit different. What Just to diagnose it there was the Raiders weren't able to sustain a drive. They got held, Their offense got held up, so they had to kick a long field goal. They gave the Chiefs. They didn't give the Chiefs a lot of time, but you know what happened on that Chiefs drive before halftime? Roger Chimer had a face-masking penalty, face mask. yeah. which moved the Chiefs on, on the Raiders' side of the field. That's because the refs cheat. <laughs> of course. So there you go. Yeah. Stall drives and 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 untimely penalties will put you in a situation where you're giving the you're giving the other team a chance to score before halftime, and then you're putting you're giving them momentum going into the locker room, which you don't want to do. So cut down the penalties, sustain drives, you'll get better results in both halves, not just the first half. And that's something we talked about in the post game show, uh, Mo, was the fact that this team seems to be losing more and more of its composure and, 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 and those unforced errors and bad penalties were more penalties called after the terrible yeah. call uh, on, on the chiefs uh, and the roughing the passer call on Derek Hart. Yes, it got worse. They made up, they more than made up for and overcompensated. There's no question. You look at the data. I don't disagree with that. And by the way, I'm not going to go a lot into it because I, I was so blown away by people 
justifying the bad roughing the passer call, but that's a different story. Um, but but you look at this situation with penalties and starting to see it just crop up. The better teams they play, it seems like it's cropping up more. They played a good defense in Denver. They got more penalties. They played a better defense in Kansas City. They got more penalties. And then on defensive side, I think they're just they're a step behind most of the times and they're being beaten so badly that that comes out of frustration. Yeah, the other thing that I, I wanted to mention too in our previous show is that Josh McDaniels brought up performing well in high pressure situations. And my yeah. thing is, he said, and I think he said, once you perform well in a high pressure situation, you know you can do it, then you have the confidence to do it again. What the Raiders are in right now is, is kind of a funk where you think, oh, I'm sure players don't say this at the podium, but I'm sure in the back of their mind, they're thinking, what can go wrong now? And when you have that mentality, when you speak negativity into existence, it happens. The same way, yeah. opposite side, where you, if you speak positivity, things usually have go your way. But they're in, they're in a they're in a funk now where they're probably thinking, okay, we've been in this situation before and we fumbled it, yeah. for lack of better words. And it, they have to t- once they come. This is why I say after the bye, you can kind of put all of that stuff behind you, turn it around. You have a good game against the Texans. I know it's just the Texans. But any type of momentum, any type of win, as players have said, winning in the NFL is hard no matter who you're playing. Yeah. Any type of momentum the Reds can get coming out of the bye against Houston Texans, they can use that to springboard themselves back in the right direction, start to play better football in critical situations, and turn things around. Absolutely. All right. So I appreciate that question. As always, thank you so much. All right. Now we're going to move on. Our guy, Derek Carr's hair. That's what he goes by, so we're going to respect that. Um, but he he has a couple takes first. He's got a lot of them, so we can't read them all. But he says, uh, I sent this to you guys on Twitter, but the Raiders are going to go on a run and are going to win the next five games to go 6-4 and four heading into the Charger game in Vegas. I called them going 1-4 and four after the Cards loss, and I'm calling this streak now. So he's on the record, so we'll see how he does. Um, he also says Mumford needs to start. That's number one. And then his question was, do you see the Raiders making a trade this bye weekend? If so, who would you trade for and what would you give up? I like Mumford and loved how uh, Heron was being used, would personally make an offer to the Eagles for Dillard, maybe a third or fourth round pick. That's a loaded question. That's a lot. Of, <laughs> I'll a start lot to with this. To. <laughs> I'll start with this. I, I like his first point about Mumford starting. Now, Mumford was in the jumbo package. He played a lot of inline tight end because Justin Heron was out. He, I believe, tore his ACL. So you're not going to see Heron for the rest of the season. Mumford played that role. But what I will say is I like Jermaine Illuminar. I really do. Mm-hmm. Great guy. Seems great at the podium. But his penalties, I believe he had two against the Chiefs. It seems like he has a one sure. or two big penalties in every game. And... At this point, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if we come out of the bye, the Rays come out of the bye, and you see Mumford starting at right tackle and Illuminar doesn't even get in the game, or they move him inside to guard because, as we all know, I don't think Alex Bars is set there at guard at either guard position. I think guard position basically is Dylan Parham and whoever they fit in there with him. Mm-hmm. I could see Illuminar moving inside the guard and Mumford starting against the Texans in week six at right tackle. So... Good point on that one. I agree with his Mumford point. Uh, there was something about what, did, what else did he say? I lost track. <laughs> he had, he had something good. 
Yeah, he had some good stuff. Uh, the win streak. Asked about, about the win streak. Yeah, the win streak. He thinks he thinks they're going to 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 win all the way up until the Charger game until they get to the Charger game. So five five games. I, and I agree. And I talked about that in the post game show that I I think the Raiders are going to go on a run. Now Derek Carr's here. Be careful because Raiders fans would be saying you're you're all about rainbows, unicorns, and you're too positive and you're not seeing the reality. But as I said on the post game show with you and Murph. It's set up for them if they beat the teams that they're supposed to beat or teams that they're favored against. If they win those games, teams that they're supposedly better than, they'll go on a nice little run there. So I agree with him there. The other point I remember he said he asked about, you know, who could the Raiders bring in? I think he asked about Andre Dillard. A lot of people have been asking about Andre Dillard. He hasn't been able to stay healthy, and I get it because he's a former first-round pick, so you always want to kick the tires on a former first-round to see if he can realize his potential. What I would say is I would revisit the Isaiah Wynn uh, situation. Mm. If you remember, in the offseason, there was some buzz about Isaiah Wynn possibly being on the move. I would I would revisit that if he's healthy. I haven't checked. But if he's healthy enough, I would revisit that because he, he he's a guy that can't stay healthy. But if you can get him to play for just half of a season or three quarters of a season, I think it's a good move. He's versatile. You can play inside. You can play outside. Yep. Uh, Josh McDaniels obviously has a report with Bill Belichick and the Patriots, so you know they they'll be open to doing deals. I would revisit that over deal because you know Josh, uh, Isaiah Wynn, when he's on the field, when he's healthy, he can play at a high level. Absolutely. No, that's a great recommendation. I think that that if you know, it's something to explore. But I will say this, and and I'm not going to beat the proverbial dead horse. I'm just going to say it once, and we can move on to the next question, which is. You're going now, you, you, your next game will be in week seven, correct? Yeah, week, no, week six. No, week seven. Week seven. And you're still talking about the offensive line, and that says it all. So you don't have to say anything else. It's, 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 it's a sad state, and, and it's not going to be uh, something you can address to the offseason completely unless you make a trade, and even then, who knows? All right, so thank you for the question, Derek Carr's hair. We appreciate that as well. <laughs> Now we go back down to Kentucky, uh, one of our serial mailbag guys, which we love. That is Chad Mixon. Uh, Chad asked this question. And again, I like that Raider fans are thinking, hey, it's a bye week. So how do we get better, right? So Chad asked, is there anybody available in trade that would help the D-line? Oh, yeah, the other side, Mo, the trenches on the other side. Anybody that might be available. You look at some of these teams who who are already uh, it's hard to say that though, because the Raiders are one and four. But some of the teams who are in the same position the Raiders are, but might be heading in the opposite direction and not seeing a lot of opportunity. Uh, is there anybody available to help on the D line? There's a name that I, I like in the off season, and it never materialized because the Jets actually wind up wound up keeping him. Mm-hmm. But I would call the Jets about Sheldon Rankins because the Jets. Ah. I'm, I'm in New York, so I've watched a lot of Jets games. The Jets' defensive line is is pretty much stacked. They have a pretty good defensive line. If you remember Robert Sala when he was a defensive corner for the 49ers, yeah. always had a really good defensive line. Their unit is stacked in that position. I would call the Jets about Sheldon Rankins, only because he's a, he could be a three technique and attack the quarterback mm-hmm. and give you a pass rush on the inside. I pointed out that Cleveland Farrell has done a, a pretty decent job moving inside, but if you give him, give him a little more push on the interior to give uh, Max Crosby and Chandler Jones help as they rush off the edge, because as I've said in the previous show, when those guys aren't giving it to the quarterback, that secondary, especially now when Nate Hobbs having a broken hand, will not survive if those guys don't get a push up front. So I would be aggressive in, in getting a guy like Sheldon Rankins, who's like who's a 3T and can rush the quarterback, uh, 
just to help that defense out. I like that. Sheldon Rankins. That's a that's a good recommendation. So there you go. See, Chad, you ask and you shall receive. Mostradamus gives you a name. But that line, that defensive line, too, continues to be an issue. You know, we saw Chandler Jones come alive against the Chiefs in half one, and he did pretty well in half two. He didn't get home uh, with a sack, but 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 he was close many, many times. So he played better, but you still got nothing up the middle. Like, there's just no – it's like a no-man's land uh, with, with uh, Bilal Nichols and those guys up front. They're just not able to penetrate, and this has gone against good teams like the Chiefs and other teams like the Broncos that are good at the offensive line but not anything to write home about. And so, so I, again, this is why on the negative side of things – those I don't know. You have to maybe go try to get one guy, but overall, it's not going to change until you can address it in the offseason, in the draft, and maybe free agency. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, you're not taking any big swings at this point that are that are long term. It's very rare that you get a, a impact player mid season, unless That's you're the Rams, one. because because the Rams <laughs> are just they're just swinging for the fences. I would I would like to see the Raiders operate that way, but you also have to understand the Raiders have limited space. Well, as we talked about, all the players they play this off season, yep. so they have to be careful about how they spend, but. If you're gonna if you're gonna fill a spot, D line, secondary be two areas, offensive line be the third area, in in any order. I, I you know people want to prioritize this first, this second, this third. I would say any of those position groups, if you can add on, it can help the Raiders possibly make a run after the bye. Well, and and of course everybody's disappointed uh, with the news around Nate Hobbs and breaking his hand. Um, but isn't, I mean, from a timing perspective, it's good timing if you have an injury that way, because not only does it give him a little extra time, but also the Raiders can sign somebody pretty quickly and get them in and they have more time to prepare for a game, maybe be ready to go. I got one more name that just mm. came to mind. Uh-oh. Now, let's keep in mind, the Carolina Panthers fire their head coach, Matt Rule. <laughs> so the first thing that you do when a team fires the head coach is you start calling. Is this person yeah. available? That person available now. I will say, Raiders fans, don't get your hopes up for Brian Burns. He's probably <laughs> a, a, a roster cornerstone. Don't get your hopes up for my long lost cousin Taylor Moten, who plays right tackle for the Panthers. Great the same right last tackle. name, great right tackle. They just paid him, by the way. Probably yes. a roster cornerstone. Uh, so don't expect those guys uh, to be up for sale. Now everyone has a price. You never know. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I just wouldn't expect those guys being a block. But Matt Ioannidis. Play for the Washington Commanders now with the Panthers. Uh, he's in a rotational role, has a sack this year. Not not big numbers, so you don't have to pay a lot for him. But I think yeah. he can help the interior of the defensive line because he's the type of guy that can get after the quarterback. He had a big yeah. year or a couple of big years with Washington. And with the Panthers firing their head coach and guys probably being up on the trade block, I would call about Matt Ioannidis. There you go. See, look at you got it all right here. And Mo is verbally writing a column somewhere in his head too. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah. oh yeah, I got to do that. Uh, but that's good. What about defensive back, Mo? Um, is there if at this point with Nate Hobbs broken hand with Anthony Averett with an injury, so you're thin there. 
Uh, a hand injury is tough, right? You don't you just don't know how long it's going to take. So do you do you make a deal for somebody as well from a different? I mean, there's guys on the street you can sign, yeah. But do you try to upgrade at the same time and say, you know what, if we're going to get somebody in here, why not go get somebody who could really help us and maybe even help us long term? I think if the Raiders get somebody, it has to be someone who played in Patrick Graham's system. If you think back to last year, remember the Raiders struggled with their cornerbacks. And what did yeah. Gus Bradley do? He brought in uh, Brandon Faison. Yeah. Played well in a pinch. I believe he led the Raiders in pass breakups last year. Mm-hmm. As a mid-season pickup now, because he knew the didn't system work out so well, he knew the system. So yeah. Gus Bradley was able to basically just plug him in, and he was able to play well under short notice. And I think if the Raiders are going to go out and do that, same goes for Patrick Graham. Anybody who he had with the Giants, if he crossed paths with them as a as a coach with the Packers, I think any one of those guys, I have to look it up now. Any one of those guys could come in and play right away. <laughs> but that's what you would ideally do. You wouldn't bring yeah. out a, on a guy who has to learn the system because essentially you're starting from square one. You yeah. might as well just play the guys that you have. You got to look back at who he had with the Giants. Are those guys available? And are they willing to come play for the Raiders? Yeah, if they're still with the Giants, probably not because they're doing well enough where um, you know they're trying to, to stay in the race and, 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 and build on what they've done so far early in the season. Uh, but there, there's always guys that were through that system that he might be able to go get. But it'll be interesting to watch. It's going to be an interesting week. We will be back for shows, of course, uh, next week on Tuesday. If other breaking news pops up, there's a possibility we could be on Monday. But you'll be back on Tuesday, mailbag back on Wednesday, like we're doing tonight, and then also on Thursday. Mo, we're, we're done. Let's, let's pick a winner uh, for the questions tonight to get one of our free T-shirts. Everybody gets a sticker, uh, but we go back and we have the question around the offensive line. We had the question around tra- trading offensive line, which I like that that was uh, Derek Carr's hair again. He already won a T-shirt, so uh, even if we pick his question, um, we will send him something. I'm not going to send him another T-shirt. Yeah, I think he's got two T-shirts. Uh, but uh, w- what about you? I liked Annalise's question around... Um, around Hunter Renfro. Yeah, I mean, I like Derek Carr's hair's question too, but Hunter Renfro's question, the Hunter Renfro question, I think is, was a good one too, because I, I think it's been, I know people talked about it after he fumbled. Remember he had that fumble yeah. over time against the Cardinals and the people running back, people were saying, well, what's wrong with Hunter Renfro? And I said, that that isn't new for him. Um, yeah. He's always had a, a, you know, a ball security issue. It's just that, it didn't go to the other team. Now the ball bounces the other way and people are asking what's wrong with Hunter Renfro. He's always, and I think the issue there is he's trying to do more and most players try to get more yardage out of it. The problem yeah. is that he's a smaller guy, so he can't take those hits. And if he takes those hits, he could lose the football. But the question where Annalise asks, what's going on with him? Because I'm sure a lot of people made the connection. Oh, he's going to be the Raiders version of Julian Edelman with the Patriots. He's going to go uh, off in Josh McDaniel's system because yeah. look what he, look what Josh McDaniel's did with Wes Welker. Look at what he did with Julian Edelman. Hunter Renfro is going to be up next. And you're seeing that it doesn't work that way. It's just not an overlay of player to player, a shifty white guy in a slot. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> this isn't Madden. Uh, guy has to, he, again, Hunter Renfro is a younger player. So he's got to be able to absorb the system and get his and get recalibrated. I think he will eventually, but you're seeing a slow start for him because I think he has to just get used to Josh McDaniels and what he expects and where he has to be on the field. Him, his, his connection with Derek Carr is going to be fine. They've played together for years now, but he's in a new system, so just give it some time. Yep, absolutely. Cool. Well, Annalise and Fremont, we're going to send you a shirt. 
I, I, the shirts are unisex, so just send me what size you would wear in a, in, in, a, in a standard male shirt, and we will send it to you. But we certainly appreciate your question all the way from Fremont, California. All right, Mo, that's going to wrap it up, man. We'll talk to you on Tuesday, if not earlier, for some groundbreaking trade with the Jets um, <laughs> or something else. Uh, but, man, I appreciate you. Have a great weekend. Yeah, it's been fun. I can honestly see the Raiders making a move, but we'll see if Mastradamus is on the mark with that. <laughs> All right. Uh, there you have it. Uh, Mo Moten, you catch his work up on Bleacher Report. Also, sportsnot.com, where he is a Raiders columnist. Follow him on Twitter at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. That is Mo Moten. I'm Scott Colbranson. I appreciate you guys being with us. Do us a favor. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you don't already do it. And uh, we would appreciate that. And thank you guys all for listening. Have a great weekend without Raiders football. It's only a few more days and they'll be back at it against the Houston Texans. And we will be back at it on Tuesday. Thanks Raider nation. We appreciate your support and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye.